Capital of the world. It's the TC Martin Show. A freshman has won it for the Wolverines. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. TC Martin. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. Doctor is now in. Hour number two here on this wild Wednesday edition of the TC Martin Show. Heading to Houston, ready for the final four. A surprising, a shocking final four like we've been talking about. And uh, we continue on here as we look forward to the two semifinals on Saturday in the championship game on Monday. We'll be broadcasting live there on Monday and uh, making our way out on Friday. All right, join us now. A man who is Mr. College Basketball, as we well know, and uh, always love having him on the show. Our man from Shreveport, Louisiana, the pride of Fox Sports, the one and only Timmy B, Timmy Brando. What is happening, my man? Well, we're just getting ready here at the Chateau to uh, pack our bags and head south about four hours to Houston, 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 (laughs) and... uh, I'll be there about 10 rows up on Saturday at the semifinals, and I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be great. I'll see some of the coaches at the Coaches Hotel. I'm uh, emceeing their champions luncheon for all the different divisions at every level of Division One, Division Two, NAIA, and all that on Sunday. So it's always a blast, and I can't wait to get there. How are you, man? I'm good, man. You're early. I'm, I'm You're early. early. I'm a little early bird. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it uh, myself. Maybe not the final four that we had hoped for, anticipated, but again, whoa, it's a whoa, it's, whoa, it's whoa, a final whoa, four. Whoa, I'm whoa. happy. I'm good. Whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. Wait, wait, just a minute, Mister Blue Blood. Hold okay. on. Wait a minute. Put a little <laughs> boom in it. Don't. Hey, we got we got three flies in the ointment, and I am pumped. Okay, it it. doesn't matter who's in the final four. The final four is the greatest three weeks of intercollegiate athletics, period, exclamation point, end of story. Quotation marks, I'm with you. You don't have to sell me. It's not about who you wanted to be there and and who these elitist scribes around the country that we read on social media every day wanted to be there. And I'm sorry, Mr. Television executive that gave me a contract for 18 years at CBS. If you're not happy about the teams you got, this just in 315 lineup start to play, and by God, who gets there earned it. That's right. That's right. You can't get lucky four games in a row until this point in six straight games, right, Timmy B? Can't get lucky. There's no luck involved. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, uh, all, all I've read, all I've seen. With everything that I said at the beginning of the week would be what I'd read and what I'd see, and you just spouted it out with your first statement to me. Well, it's not the Final Four. We all like what? What, 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 what does that mean? It means that, that my bracket and your bracket are toast. Because That's all that means. Not, That's all it all means. Blue blood. They're not power conference teams. Mm-hmm. They're in leagues that they're about to leave to go to another league mm-hmm. to improve themselves. Hey, they lined up, put on their jock strap, and beat whoever was in front of them. God bless them. Hey, Timmy B. At least I, you know, I think I'm I'm with you on this one. I, I can't remember what your final four was, but I had those Yukon Huskies. Oh, it was horrible. I had those Yukon Huskies, so at least I got one team there because I love this Yukon team. I love them, and hey, you know I, how I feel about the Big East. Yeah, I couldn't get when I revised my final four. I couldn't get a team in once we got to team. <laughs> I sucked out loud with my uh, selection. So, but the reality is, my God, this is historic. Yes, this, this final four is historic. And uh, look, uh, we live in a world now where the media basically, if they don't get what they want, and, and they're condescending. They're looking down their noses. This, this is not news. Okay, I'm sorry if. Uh, the uh, austere liberal media of sports doesn't have their Dukies or their Kentuckys or their North Carolinas where they wanted them. 
They're not playing. This is not for you, okay? It's not for the media. It's for the players who earn the right to get there, okay? And if you're too damn lazy to do your homework on the teams that are here, shame on you. That means you're just an old, outdated, <laughs> lazy-ass member of the media. And, I hope and, by, the way, and, no, and by the way, that's... Yeah. And by the way, that's what most of the media is in in both sports as well as news these days. Well, don't put don't don't put me or you in that. Don't point the finger at me uh, regarding that. Okay, I don't want to be known as that guy. You, your opening statement to me, leading to your opening question, was what? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, not not the final four that right that we anticipated yeah. or whatever, right? But I'm yeah, I'm yeah, an yeah. underdog guy. Now, come on, man. I'm an underdog I guy. I know you are. Right. I know you are, but I have to give you a hard time. Yeah, good. If, so, if I didn't, it wouldn't be me. You know. Uh mission accomplished there. How's that? All right. <laughs> now, where does Timmy B stand on the Phantom foul or foul, the Creighton-San oh Diego State. Oh Let's oh hear God. Timmy B. on this one. Where, where do you stand on that well, one? Well, I, I, I touched on it as all week long. All you need to do is look at my TL on uh, social media, and you'll know how I felt. Right. I thought it was horrible that the whistle blew when it did. I, but I'm not going to. It's over with, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to go letter of the law and tell me that my opinion stinks because uh, foul is a foul is a foul, okay, all right. But I will tell you, because I've covered the sport for five decades, I know how officials work and how officiating teams work. And these guys, these three guys, allowed all kinds of contact the entire game, far more heinous than the contact that was made by, uh, by Nimhart at the very end. I mean, so for 39 minutes, 58.8 seconds, we, we got what we got. And then for 1.2 one official determines, well, you know, I, I definitely would like to get to a Final Four. If I want to graduate, I better, this is a big-ticket play. They're going to be running replays of this. I better call it by the letter of the law. So he does. That is garbage. Yes. That's what's wrong with college officiating. And, and, and the bottom line is I don't blame him as much as I blame the system. We need to have a supervisor of officials that is part of the regular season of college basketball. This guy's not. Neither was J.D. Collins who preceded him or John Adams who preceded him. We need to have a national standard for officiating. And if they want to say, hey, look, we need to just rotate it among the supervisors of X conference this year and then move it around from the Big Ten to the SEC to the Big 12 to the ACC to uh, you know every other league in the, to the Big East, fine, do it. But to have a game in that way that had been allowed to be played without uh, whistles being blown and players being injured, that's garbage. Shouldn't have happened. I but agree. Again, it's over. It's over. Mm -hmm. And I and I think San Diego State is deserving of being there, just as Creighton would have been deserving of being there. And that's that's sports. That's that's what it is. We we can move on, okay? The sad part is when something like that happens, the coach can't you know, it's hard for him to move on. It's hard for those Creighton kids to move on. And that's who the tournament is for. I just thought it was uh, shortchanging those players and coaches and, and really an audience that was compelled to watch a great game in the way it should have ended. And, and frankly, San Diego State could have easily won that game in overtime. Yeah, I just wish we'd seen. Yeah, give us, give us five, give us five more minutes, and that was my only complaint. Is one, and you said it, and I was saying it all week. One official blew that whistle. The other two did not. Yeah. One third right. of that crew blew that whistle. The guy that was uh, and, behind and, the play, and, and and I don't think America knew that he was working for somebody that uh, he doesn't normally work for. Yeah, so he's trying to impress that guy yes. so he can get uh, up to the final four yeah. level. These guys are up being graded for every game. And and that system sucks, and it needs to be fixed now. Gospel, according to Timmy B. Gospel. <laughs> Outstanding. You are great in the pulpit on Sunday there in Shreveport, Louisiana, I understand. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, me boy. Uh, confess all your sins to Father O'Brando here. Uh, <laughs> Can I get an organ, please, Numchuck? There you go. That's right. As Timmy Bree breaks down that team that he's seen numerous times this year, the Yukon Huskies, back at it again in Houston, taking on Miami, which really kind of has the makings of a final here. But it's going to be a semifinal. It's going to be good. Florida Atlantic. Sin, sin. Now, I knew you were going to say that. I knew. I knew you were going to say it. Playing into the stereotype of all these tournaments. Oh, the last time we were in Houston, it was VCU and Butler in the undercard, and we got UConn in the other game, and the winner of that other game was going to win it all. There you go again. <laughs> Who's to say that Florida uh, Atlantic? Okay, I think they offensively mm-hmm. could give uh, UConn some trouble defensively. I do, if that happens. Yeah. San Diego State is a team that I think, from a defensive standpoint, will force anybody into a rock fight. If they could do it to Creighton, okay, one of the most efficient offenses in the country and the most efficient in the Big East, they could do it to Connecticut. So if I'm Connecticut, I think I would prefer playing against Florida Atlantic than against San Diego State. I, I do. If that happens, we'll see. But Florida Atlantic, in my mind, has dudes, big-time yeah. dudes that can beat you uh, either offensively or defensively. Uh, I'm going to handicap it and say that UConn does win it all, but I, I'll tell you that their fans have been pleading with me. Please, God, Tim, do not pick our team. It's the kiss of death, <laughs> but I have. I think, I think, I think Danny – I think Danny will cut down the nets on uh, on Monday night. Mm-hmm. When you look at Florida Atlantic and San Diego State, uh, you're right. They've got dudes. Florida Atlantic does, and this is a team that has you know reeled off 20 in a row at one point in time during the course of this season. Uh, the victory against Kansas State uh, was fantastic, but you know for they've got a seven footer in the middle with Golden that is got great footwork. This guy's phenomenal. He can play, and then you add in the guard play as well, too. I think the big question mark is, and we've heard it so often with them, well, they're a little undersized. I mean, can they rebound with certain teams? Well, actually, you know, they were probably maybe even uh, – they're still smaller than Kansas State. Kansas State, not a great rebounding team, but they got the job mm-hmm. done there. How do you think they match up against San Diego State, and do they got one more in them to get to the championship game? Well, certainly to to be who they beat, I thought K State would win that game. I picked K State uh, as my outlier uh, in my revised Final Four, and 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 that, that didn't happen. And the reason it didn't was because their control of the boards, and that's the thing. Uh, with it, it is going to be a battle of the boards between these two teams. It won't be pretty. It'll be first one to fifty that wins. But I do think Golden, the guy you mentioned, could be the difference in this game. And and I'm going to tell you, I think Florida Atlantic wins, and I think that will make it easier on UConn than having to play San Diego State. I do, because I think Florida Atlantic has guards that want to get up and down the floor and play the style and tempo that, that UConn plays. Uh, I hesitate, really, in picking anybody, because any one of these four teams could win it all. But I just think that Florida Atlantic is – more versatile than San Diego State. And as a result, if you're looking for an upset beyond imagination on Monday night, uh, Florida Atlantic, in my mind, would be capable of beating either Miami or Connecticut. Mm -hmm. I I think San Diego State is a one-hit wonder, could win the semifinal, but but not win at all. Mm -hmm. I think they're too one-dimensional. Yeah. Yep. I I hear you. Uh, One-hit wonder. Uh, You said it right there. Give me me a good one-hit wonder. Come on. Uh, what do you got? Tonight. L- L- the tokens. There you go. Very nice. Yeah. I thought you were going to. I-, I thought you were going to go like player baby come back something like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're so bad. You're so bad. So hey, I'll be there. I'll be there tomorrow night. I hope our paths cross. But I'm not going to meet you anywhere. You understand me? I'm not meeting you anywhere. I've got my wife, and uh, she just does not want to be around any more radio people. <laughs> She's been around too many most of her most of her life. Okay, so so, so hold if we on. We run into each other by chance. Yeah. Fine. 
If not, forget about it. That's it. It's like uh, I'm gonna have to plan. A, oh, boom! There's a Brando. Well, there's a bumper. Yeah, we do. We do need to bump in each other. Because I, t- I tell you why. Every time I promote that you're being on the show, whether and it's on the website or Twitter or whatever it is, we got to get that picture because I can't be using that same picture of Timmy oh, B with the headsets. So it, it's a self uh, well, well, hey, self promotion. Just just come by the coach's hotel. I'll be there. On Sunday, all dressed up, emceeing the uh, the champions' luncheon around noon, and we'll get our we'll get our pick together. I might even buy you a drink. Oh well, I don't know. I'm I, I'm going to run into you probably Saturday night if you give me that section ten rows up. I'll make my way in between games. That's what I'm going to do. Because Sunday, I'll be watching some baseball. I'll be I'll be down the road at Minute Maid Park, my friend. That's where I'm going to be. Oh my god! How's that? Yeah. Four worst words in sports, according to Bino Cook. Pitchers and catchers report. <laughs> A Bino Cook reference. Outstanding. All right, my friend, take care of your onions, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you, or I should say bumping into you. I just, I just saw. I, I just saw the doctor. The onions have been taken care of. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> Later. <laughs> my man, Timmy B. Appreciate you as always. Oh, just saw the doctor. The onions. You ate lion sleeps tonight. That's that's crazy. Well, I was going to pull out the church music again. Yeah. Just to have some fun. Yeah. Didn't have time to pull it up in time. Yeah. <laughs> but come on. You know, this is Cartwright-esque right here. Yes, that's, it is. That, that's that. Yeah. That's that era. Get that off my show right now. Give me a record scratch, please. And, you know... I mean, I said baby come back, player. He liked that one. There it is. Yeah, I know how Timmy B is, too. You know, when he's traveling with his wife and stuff, he doesn't want to go out and have drinks. He doesn't want to go all that, all that kind of stuff, you know. She's got a, a sound leash, you know, on him. No question. But one of my favorite guys, no doubt. Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. Rock fight. I mean, use that term. That definitely is apropos because we know that's the kind of game that San Diego State likes to play. They always have, always will probably, at least under this regime of Brian Dutcher and going back to Steve Fisher. But man, they just love to walk the ball up the court and bleed the shot clock and they want to bang and. I think, you know, a great point was made, you know, during our two interviews with Mike DeCourcy and Tim Brando is that if the officials are going to let these guys play a little bit, that is advantage San Diego State. And San Diego State does do a very good job of playing defense with their feet. They body up people, but they don't do a whole bunch of reaching, which I can appreciate that. I wish that in the NFL we saw more defensive coordinators and head coaches teach their guys not to do that with their hands when have so many darn pass interference calls or defensive holding calls. But yeah, that's a big thing. And that just drives me nuts as a former basketball coach to, you know, that you're reaching, you're reaching and grabbing all the time. But I can appreciate defensive basketball. I do. I, I, I like that. Uh, Florida Atlantic, they're fantastic. They've got dudes like Timmy B said, uh, they can score. They're used to winning. They've got that chemistry. And when you talk about chemistry, that just doesn't mean, oh, everybody gets along. No, no, no. When you talk about that at basketball level and it, at this stage, it's all about where you know your teammates are going to be on the floor. You know, um, from the passing perspective, the help defense, that's what chemistry means. And Florida Atlantic definitely has that. And this has really paved the way nicely for them. I mean, give them credit, man. You know, they've they've played great. Um, you know, give a lot of these teams, you know, credit for they're here. It's not luck at this point. They've had to win four games to get here. And you can get lucky maybe in one game, Maybe two games, say, okay, they got a little bit lucky or they had a nice little path. But the bottom line is everybody, when you get to the tournament, is good. Especially when you get down to the Sweet 16, everybody is great. They're fantastic. And now you get to the Final Four. Yes, the 
letters on the front of these jerseys may not be the ones that you expected to see, but they can play. And any team that wins 30 games or knocking on the door of 30, you know, Florida Atlantic's won 35, right? you can play. You're good. You're formidable. And yes, you deserve to be there. So I'm, I'm with Timmy B. Doesn't need to call me out. Okay. I guess I'm going to have to be very, very careful about how I phrase that because that was kind of a general term. Well, not that we, we wanted to see. I know he's an underdog guy too. I love the underdogs, but I'm looking forward to it. I said it myself. You know, it's like, okay, you know, tickets, despite people saying, oh, there's tickets available. People don't want to go because they don't want to see the blue bloods. But for college basketball fans, people that love college basketball like I do. I'm fine with this. I wanted to see K State. I mean, they, they're not a blue blood, but I wanted to see them. Why? Because I wanted to see Marquise Noel. I wanted to see that guy in person. All five foot seven of them listed at five eight. Like he said, hey man, I'm lucky if I'm five seven. Fantastic. But yeah, he didn't, he couldn't make the big shots in, in the final few minutes against Florida Atlantic. And that's a team that had a seven point lead down the stretch in that game. They couldn't seal the deal. San Diego State, give them credit. All right. They've locked up opponents. They beat a high-scoring Creighton team. They held Creighton 2-for-17 from beyond the three-point arc. Give the Aztecs credit. All right? And I know there are UNLV fans uh, or people that, you know, that follow the Mountain West Conference, and they don't like San Diego State. You know, but now that they're representing their conference, are you rooting for them? That's what I want to know. But you look at San Diego State and you say, well, yeah, they're the best of the Mountain West, and they have been for quite some time. They're there, despite you know a team that went one and out the last two years in the tournament. Heck, you go back to 2018. And remember I said that that 2020 team, that was a 30-win team. They could have been a number one seed. And I remember that game when Utah State beat them right before we, you know, that was what, two days before everything fell apart with, you know, or three days, four days before the pandemic um, where they shut down everything in the Big East tournament and all that kind of stuff. That Mountain West Conference tournament, that was good, man. That was good. And uh, San Diego State was either going to be a number one or a number two seed. So looking forward to it. UConn and Miami, yes, those are the names. Those are the two teams that have played uh, the toughest schedules. They are in one semifinal game. But again, that's the beauty of the bracket. And you hear so much talk about, you know, in the NBA and Major League Baseball and the NFL. Oh, should we reseed after the first round of the playoffs? So we make sure that we get like, you know, a one and two in the final. No. UConn, Miami, they're on that what right side of the bracket or whatever it was. No, you don't reseed them at this point in time. All right. You got. A four seed in UConn, a five seed in Miami, Florida Atlantic, the nine seed, and, the, and another five seed in San Diego State. You let it play out, and Timmy B is right. Tim Brando's right. You let this thing play out, and you get what you get. And this is it. You've got to win six meaningful tournament games in a row once you get to the big dance. Mission accomplished. And that's you know, for all these teams leading up to the conference tournament, especially in Florida Atlantic's case, where or even San Diego State, where it's no guarantee you're gonna get, you know, more than one bid in that conference. You gotta have that automatic bid. And look at Florida Atlantic, the conference that they're in. Who's playing for the NIT championship? Both teams that won last night here in Vegas at the Orleans Arena. UAB, Alabama, Birmingham. Mm-hmm. North Texas, they won. Upset Wisconsin after Wisconsin was up 12 and a half. Wisconsin was up 14. They blew it, couldn't score in the last five and a half minutes. Embarrassing, right? Terrible. But what do all three of those teams have in common? Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Alabama, Birmingham. Same conference. Same conference. How cool would that be if Florida Atlantic did? Win the NCAA tournament, and that conference wins the NIT both tournaments. And yeah, both tournaments would yeah. be awesome. Yeah, how crazy would that be? So, question: Conference for, USA, baby. 
And that's real line Conference USA. I mean, you know, these teams, these schools have, haven't been in Conference USA for a long, long time. That conference has gone through so many different renditions. Let's say you're reseeding the final four. Yeah. Where do you put everybody? Let's just go one, two, three, four. Well, if you're, if you're reseeding the final four, you have to take UConn being your top seed. Okay. And then they would play Florida Atlantic yep. because they're the ninth seed. Yep. And then you would have the two five seeds square off. So that's that's how you would reseed. And again, I'm not in favor of that, but you would probably get less argument from people say, okay, well now you know you're getting, you know, a four and a five facing off. But don't you think the champion should play the highest seeded game? Like to win a, to to win the championship, you should have to play the highest play. You know, like who beat Alabama? I can't even remember. Um, what San Diego State? Yeah, yeah. They should be the, the. I think they should be the one. If if you're reseeding, they should be the one because they took out the one. They took out the one, and that kind of like makes you like I've said before. You beat the number one, then so now you've got the same. You got the path of yeah. the number one seed. So in a sense, you kind of are the one seed, and that's why you know they got a chance to play Creighton and wear the white jerseys because. They were the five seed and Creighton was the six seed. But if you look at the path, you know, for these teams, all right, let's go over the paths and look at this. All right, so you've got San Diego State. All right, so they've been the, they win the Mountain West Conference tournament. They beat Utah State and they, you know, play the five twelve tough game against Charleston. They win sixty three to fifty seven. Then you get Furman because Furman was an upset winner. Okay. You know, firm. So you're like, okay, now all of a sudden we're playing a 13 seed, you know, and we get to play, you know, Furman now because Furman upset Virginia. Yep. Okay. So now you get Alabama and think, okay, this season's over. You beat Alabama 71 to 64 and then you face Creighton. So give them credit for beating Alabama, but their path outside of beating number one Alabama, you beat a six and a 13 and a 12. And now what do you get? <laughs> you get a nine. You get a nine seed in FAU. FAU's path. They had an eight-nine game. Those are always treacherous against Memphis. One-point game. They beat Memphis by. And then you think, okay, now you get to face the number one seed. Eight-nine plays usually the number one, right? It's only happened like what, you know, three hundred and twenty times out of three hundred and twenty-four. Virginia, you know, loses Baltimore, uh, Maryland, Baltimore County, going back what four years ago, and then now Purdue loses. So now you don't get Purdue, you get Fairleigh Dickinson. <laughs> then you get Tennessee, which is kind of a phony team, and then you get K State, a team that was picked basically dead last in the Big Twelve, and you know they got more size than K State, so they've had a, a pretty nice run and a pretty nice path. Miami. Look, they beat Drake. They beat Indiana, which is a hot and cold team. They beat Houston. And we knew that, you know, Houston's tough, but they haven't been battle tested in their conference, in the American. And then they beat a Texas team uh, that is rock solid, but they went through their problems losing their head coach. And they went through a stretch during the course of the year where they didn't score a lot of points because, again, they're not a track meet type of team. So not making excuses, but, you know, Miami rolled their way through there. And then you got UConn. Uh, they open up against Iona. There are a lot of people who wanted to get cutesy and pick Rick Pitino's Iona team. Forget it. Drill press. Play St. Mary's. Okay. Hey, they beat Gonzaga this year. Uh, drill press. Play Arkansas. Well, Arkansas, they're coming off that big victory, right? Drill press. And then they play Gonzaga. Super drill press. The closest game they've been in was against St. Mary's. And they won that one by 15. Everything else, 25, 24, 32, 28, or whatever it was against Gonzaga, 28s. Unbelievable. Yeah. So UConn, they're favored at this point in time. No need to reseed. But anything can happen in the tournament in 40 minutes of basketball. How's the game going to be called by the officials? That may dictate it. Your star players get injured. Do your guards go ice cold from three-point land like what happened with Creighton. That's beauty of this tournament. We come back. Chuck Esposito is going to join us. We'll go out to Red Rock, see where the money's flowing on the Final Four, talk a little opening day baseball, and more. 
this is Steve Heitner, and lucky you, you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. Ah, that's gold, baby, gold. All right, we continue on here. On a, working our way towards the Final Four in Houston on Saturday. We got Major League Baseball as well, opening night. Astros getting their rings tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Going to be uh, a good time and great trips. And remember, uh, we'll be doing the show live there uh, on Monday from Houston as well. And right now, let's take a look at the sportsbook side of things with our good friend over at Red Rock, Chuck Esposito in uh, Station Casino Properties. What's going on, my friend? All good, T. Just uh, waiting for the Final Four this weekend. It should be fun. It's uh, kind of an unbelievable tournament when you think about the four teams that are that are still playing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been kind of a, a mixed bag, wouldn't you say, uh, Chuck, so to speak, for the sports books. Uh, when you look at the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8, when we go back last week, we look at the dogs. I mean, they covered, you know, uh, seven out of the, the 12 games. We had seven outright wins there. Um, I know that there, again, we're talking about some long shots that, that, that are still alive from a future standpoint. Uh, but when you look at just going back to last weekend with the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, with underdogs covering and then throw in that, uh, the overs, you know, were cashing in as well, too. How was it for you guys? It was good, T. Overall, the tournament has been really good. Um, but you're right. When you think about it from a future side of it, uh, last year, Kansas, North Carolina, Villanova, and Duke. You talk about the Blue Bloods, and they were all there. This year, UConn opened up at 45-1. to 1. San Diego State opened up at 80-1. to 1. Miami of Florida opened up 125-1. to 1, And Florida Atlantic was in the field at over 40-1. to 1. So uh, a little bit different kind of dynamic than what you saw last year. Having a lot of upsets. Um, is always good for our the counter, um, but it's kind of, you know, when you think about the last five years, a number one seed has won it, and 12 of the last 15 years, a number one seed has won it, and this is the first time ever you're not having a number one seed in the Final Four. You know, not only that, Chuck, you know, like I said, there's no number ones, there's no number twos, there's no number threes, but then when you look at where the star power is, I think this is the first time, maybe in the history, at least in the last 25 years, that you haven't had an All-American in the Final Four. How crazy is that? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's the, the changing, you know, dynamics of, of, of college sports with the, the transfer portal, the kids that are, you know, done, are one and done. Um, it, but that is, I mean, it's really unusual. Usually you can name, you know, all the kind of players that are the – the top players for each team and their household names. And you, you can say that maybe that isn't quite the case this year. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to be fun basketball. Um, these teams are, are good. You look at a, a team like Miami to knock off Houston and Texas in back-to-back uh, games, the convincing wins that Connecticut has had, uh, the drought that the Mountain has had, yet San Diego State is, is primed for a trip, maybe the championship game. And then the glass slipper of Florida Atlantic, um, you know, having a chance at a nine seed to, uh, you know, to advance to play in the championship game. So um, overall, it's been terrific. The crowd, the atmosphere, the hype. We've got eight, the elite eight, I should say, lucky contestants left mm-hmm. in last man standing. Um, so from our side of the counter, T, it's still been terrific. You know, Chuck, there are people, I guess, are split when you talk about this Final Four, saying, well, you don't have any of the blue bloods, so therefore the interest isn't there. And we've heard that ticket sales are are going to be down and, you know, not a good thing for scalpers because you don't have uh, those blue bloods, you don't have those large, you know, tr- uh, traditional, you know, basketball schools that are going to be attending. Then you might not get the casual view viewers watching on TV from a sports book side, you could say, okay, maybe, you know, the casual uh, better fan may not come and, and bet here. But then on the flip side, you got the diehard college basketball guys. Like I know I am, and you probably are too, where it's like, Hey, wait a minute. This is pretty cool. This is great. Let's don't, you know, squash this final four just because we have a nine seed, two, five seeds and a four seed. Uh, Personally, what is your thought on that? And then the second part is, is there going to be an effect on handle because of 
the lower seeded teams that are going to the final four? I think it's a really valid question, T. Um, I think, you know, again, looking at last year and having those big schools that everybody's kind of familiar with in Kansas, Carolina, Nova, and Duke, and having schools this year outside of UConn, um, who has had success, of course, uh, in, in the past, but having, a, you know, the drought of the mountain and, and having Miami in there and, and Florida Atlantic, I, I think, you know, there is somewhat of a, of a drawback with that. But it's still the college basketball tournament. Um, you know, people love it. The Final Four games and the championship always, you know, garner tremendous handle in the atmosphere, and the hype is still the same, still getting the same requests for the reserve seats. Um, so, you know, it's still the tournament, but it's a little strange, I think, for everybody not having, you know, those number one seeds and those blue bloods that we've seen in the past. You're telling me, Chuck, uh, like me, you can't go through your closet and dig out a Florida Atlantic shirt? Or uh, you can't, can't, I cannot. You can't find that anywhere, can you? Yeah, I don't know. And, I cannot. You know, I'm sure it's a hot item, and, you know, I'm anxious to see if we see anybody wearing one on, uh, you know, on Saturday and if they happen to win on Monday night. But, um, you know, I, I think you look at these games, T, and, you know, not a whole lot of movement yet on the numbers. Um, the initial push was a, a little Florida Atlantic action. Saw that number dip, then go right back up again. Um, betters right now uh, backing San Diego State a bit with uh, almost 60% of the tickets on San Diego State and about 52% on the over. Yet we know that streak of unders Mm -hmm. that San Diego State has. And in the late game, uh, still close to 60% of the tickets on UConn, yet the number hasn't moved. And we kind of talked about where we thought this game would open and where it would go. But the, the big money has really come in, or the big ticket count on Miami and UConn over, where um, 75% of the tickets are on the over uh, with those two schools. And we know Miami likes to run it up and down the court and push the pace. We know that they're big, too. They can match up well, I think, with Connecticut. But a lot of overaction coming in so far um, on the late game. And you uh, talked about San Diego's uh, San Diego State's uh, under streak, twelve straight unders in the game against Creighton. You know, fifty-seven, fifty-six. That flew under uh, one thirty-four and a half. And now you're looking at this uh, Aztec team uh, again. You know, um, at one thirty-two is the total in this one. Uh, and are, are you are you getting under in that one too, Chuck? No, that, that one, too. We are seeing about 52% of the tickets um, on the over right now. Um, I know we're still several days away, so you could see that change dramatically. That could easily flip to the underside. Nothing like we're seeing for Miami and UConn. Um, but a little surprising, the trend so far early on has been over in Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. All right, and UConn-Miami, the total in that one is 149-and-a-half. And a consensus uh, on the side, uh, UConn, you know, five and a half right there. Chuck Esposito joins us uh, over at Red Rock. All right, Chuck, uh, what about future-wise here? I mean, we saw Florida Atlantic at one point in time, what, 2,500 to one at the beginning of the season. San Diego State, 125 to one. Miami, 250 to one. And uh, UConn, uh, we can't call them a favorite, but uh, 60 to one, you know, earlier on. I don't know if you how many people got tickets, future tickets on any of these teams and what they got them at, but uh, nice little payout for any of the four. Yeah, there is. We're actually in good shape, especially with um, San Diego State and Florida. Uh, there has been some play on UConn and Miami um, throughout the tournament. But overall, no real liability from our side of the counter, but in much better shape again with Florida Atlantic and, and San Diego State. So we'll have one of the two teams that we really do well to uh, moving on to playing the championship on Monday night. All right, Chuck, let's uh, handicap this game a little bit. San Diego State, as you mentioned, uh, a two-point favorite, 60% of the tickets on the Aztecs here uh, against that Florida Atlantic team that just continues to surprise and they continue to cover and win games outright here. Uh, We know that San Diego State, they like to muck it up. They want to walk the ball up the court. They want to be physical. Uh, Florida Atlantic can get up and down the court, but this Florida Atlantic team, as we can see, uh, they can score, they can rebound, and uh, this team knows nothing but winning, Chuck, with 35 victories. Uh, How do you handicap this game? You know, we know that they're not intimidated at all. Uh, We know that San Diego State, again, with the dry spell of the mountain and not a whole lot of respect of late, Um, and and like you said, muck it up, kind of win ugly, uh, 12 straight unders, um, you know, a much lower total than we see in the late game. 
I'm, I'm not sure. You know, I, I think, you know, San Diego State's going to want to play their their style. I think Florida Atlantic will try to press the pace a little bit. The Florida Atlantic team's only lost three games um, all year. So it's a little bit a little bit of a contrast in style. Um, but my guess is you're still going to see some some Florida Atlantic money come in um, on this one. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me to see this game close. Maybe just a, a tick lower than it currently is industry-wide. Now, I know we're still three days away, Chuck, from uh, these teams facing off there in Houston for the Final Four, but can you compare where the handle numbers are, say, comparison to last year or in years past right now? I mean, are you starting? Are you seeing the volume come in, or is it tempered a little bit? No, we're starting to see it, T. It's still a little bit early, and, and you normally see more of the, the larger wagers come in um, on Friday and Saturday, so won't really know the, the kind of the tail of the tape until until the weekend. But overall, I'd say early indications are are still really positive. And as I said earlier, it still is the you know the um, the, the final four. It, it's going to be fun matchup. Both spreads are relatively close. Um, so overall, I think we'll still have a terrific terrific handle. And and as I mentioned, you know people are asking for reserved seats and and great crowds in all of our books. All right, UConn in Miami. Uh... You know, we can almost call this the UConn Invitational, and that's what the West Regional was, right, Chuck? The way they have just been obliterating teams. Uh, they're big, they're strong, they're deep. They can score, they can shoot the ball, they're battle-tested, they come out of the Big East. And then you look at Miami, kind of the unsung team, just because you don't have North Carolina and Duke out of the ACC this year, but Miami has been a, a very strong team all season long, and they put together a nice little run. And the way they c- came back in that Texas game when they were down 13 points in the second half uh, to basically just will their way to victory here, uh, can you see Miami covering this five and a half? I can see. I, I think, you know, um, I think with Connecticut, the way that they've walked through teams, sometimes that's a little bit of a drawback when you haven't really been tested. Um, I think in Miami's case, they, they've had success this year when trailing by double digits. I like the way they match up with UConn. Um, I still think they're going to be, of the four teams left, kind of the team that people are willing to take a flyer on, um, more so uh, based on the, the price. Um, so I think in this game, maybe it ultimately comes down um, as well a tad before tip-off. But I like the matchup a lot. I mean, they're big, they're athletic, uh, and they want to push the pace. And I think that's a little bit of a different style than what UConn's uh, used to. Um, so I'm looking forward to both games. Again, two kind of different styles of play. But uh, Miami, you can tell that these guys, uh, they've got an older team. I think one of the older teams in the tournament. They love playing for Larinaga. Um, and I think both matchups are going to be really intriguing. Yeah, they are going to be intriguing. Remember, it all tips off uh, Pacific time here in Vegas at uh, 3 p.m., 3.09 with the first tip. San Diego State and Florida Atlantic, and then UConn Miami uh, in the second game. That'll tip uh, approximately around uh, 5.50 uh, p.m. Uh, any special plans uh, inside the book there, uh, Chuck, uh, for the Final Four Saturday? Just, you know, the, 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 the madness is definitely here with what the tournament is presented to. Um, I, I think when you, when you look at, you know, we'll have a, a full slate of props up. Um, we're actually putting some props up for the women's uh, Final Four as well. Um, be remiss if we didn't mention that. I mean, you look at the, the four teams that are left there and the, the star power that they have um, for the girls' Final Four. It's been really fun to watch those games between, you know, with LSU, Virginia Tech, Iowa, and the terrific season that South Carolina had being undefeated. Um, so we're going to have props up on both the men's and women's, and the two games on Saturday and the two games on Sunday should be um, a lot of fun. And, and my guess is the atmosphere in the book's going to be really cool and crazy, and guests are going to have a good time. And it's kind of hoop central, where everything that occurs over here, the sounds and atmosphere, is kind of contagious throughout the throughout the casino. And that kind of piggybacks off, you know, on the first pitch in Major League Baseball tomorrow with every team playing. And, you know, you'll have baseball going on through the weekend as well. So really not a whole lot of downtime, a lot of cool stuff going on. And and, uh, we're excited for these games to get played. But both, again, men's and women's, you know, really good matchups on both sides. And really, I'm glad you brought that up, Chuck, uh, with the women's side, with UConn and Iowa. That is really the – I said UConn. uh, South Carolina and Iowa. See, I got UConn on the brain here on the men's side. And then, of course, Gina (laughs) Oriema and all the success that uh, the Lady Huskies have had. But, no, South Carolina and Hawaii. 
in Iowa. What a matchup uh, that is! Uh, again, you know, you've got you know basically the the two best players in college basketball can make that argument with Aaliyah Boston for oh, South yeah. Carolina and then Caitlin Clark for Iowa. Clark, yep. That's going to be fantastic uh, when you look at that, Chuck. And are are you seeing any money come in on the underdog on those Iowa Hawkeyes? We are a little bit, T. I, I mean, I, I watched some of the, the ladies' games over the weekend and earlier in the week, and, man, they are so good at shooting the three. I was really entertained watching how well um, they played, watching the Virginia Tech game um, the other night, um, how, how well that they played and how much fun it was to, to kind of watch them. I'm looking forward to the, the ladies' Final Four as well. Um, we know South Carolina has been so good and Leah Boston so dominant. Um, and now going up against this Iowa team that's got a very talented team and one of the best players in the country in Clark as well. But uh, I, I think overall it's going to be a lot of you know good basketball this weekend. And uh, now we're excited about it. Yeah, LSU, Virginia Tech, and the other one. These games are on Friday night. Then the championship game will be on Sunday night. Uh, don't sleep on Virginia Tech from the women's side. I mean, this team is the number one seed, uh, despite them being an underdog uh, to LSU. But, man, uh, they can play. And uh, we saw what they did uh, against Ohio State uh, the other night. So uh, I'm really impressed in that game. That was a really fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. But I was amazed, T, at how well both schools shot the three. Yes. I mean, they were tremendous mm. um, shooting the three, uh, both schools, especially in the first half. All right, you mentioned opening day, Chuck, for Major League Baseball. It's just not, you know, the Cincinnati Reds uh, playing by themselves on an early game or whatever. Nope. Got the uh, defending champions opening up uh, tomorrow uh, against the uh, Chicago White Sox and everybody in action. I think that is uh, very cool. But here we are. Major League Baseball is here. New rules. It's going to take some time, I think, for us to get used to the, the pitch clock, uh, seeing all that happen, uh, the banning of the shift and everything else that's going on. But uh, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, exciting time. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to being down in Houston where I get to catch an Astros opener and I get to see the Final Four and Championship game, Chuck. So I'm 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 pumped up here. But you know what I'm most, most curious about is how it's going to be watching a game live with this pitch clock now in our face. And I can imagine how it is like watching it at home, I guess on TV, but I'm really curious how this is going to feel beat in the park with this. I think it's going to be pretty cool to you. I think you're right. It's going to take everybody um, a little bit of getting used to. Uh, you look at what the, the spring games have been in exhibition baseball, and I think they've cut them down by about 25 minutes per game. Um, I'm sure you'll still have some long games, but they've done everything they can to kind of shorten these games up a little bit. Um, I know me being kind of a baseball purist and loving the sport, um, you know, it, it's hard sometimes to see change, but clearly understand why it needs to be done. Um, I love the fact that every team's playing on opening day. Love that there's a couple of interleague games as well with DeGrom pitching, you know, for Texas against, you know, Philadelphia and NOLA, the division that he came from. San Francisco and New York, we know that Judge had a big offer on the table from the Giants, chose to go back to the Yankees. So there's some really good games on Thursday, and uh, looking forward to that as well. And I think from our side of the counter, any time that you've got a sport that has day games, and for the first, you know, kind of four to six weeks in baseball, you've got some of that morning and afternoon stuff, which really kind of spreads out the entire day of action and, and what guests have to wager on. Uh, it's clearly a win-win for our side of the counter. No doubt. And like you said, interleague play right from the get-go on opening day with the Giants and the Yankees. And remember, Major League Baseball has a different schedule this year. Uh, it's not going to be that top-heavy within the division and all that. I mean, you're going to, everybody's basically plays everybody now. Um, you know, so you're going to see every, you know, American League team play a National League team, uh, you know, you know, for a series, which is going to be kind of cool. And I don't know how you feel about that, Chuck, but, you know, sometimes we get tired of just seeing the same matchups, you know, week in and week out with this. So I think kudos to Major League Baseball for that aspect. I love it, T. I think with, with baseball, you, you want to have an opportunity to see all these teams kind of, you know, play each other and, and get these pitching matchups and, and maybe not play your divisional opponents quite as much, especially if it's a division that is unbalanced and you've got a team that's kind of running away with it. Um, I think it's great. I love the interleague, you know, aspect. Um, of baseball, and I, as I said, I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm looking forward to the start of the season, and you know, a lot of teams made uh, some improvements. And you know, I'll chase them down the Astros. There's been some players, big players that are injured, injured players that have changed teams, like Verlander and 
and DeGrom. Um, so there's a lot of optimism, I think, heading into the season for some of these smaller market teams, too, that have got a lot of young, talented kids coming up. Who would have think, Chuck, that on, on March the 30th, we would have the San Francisco Giants at Yankee Stadium? I mean, that's that's insane, but I love I it. I love it. Yeah, know, right? It's, it's so cool. It's so cool, you know? It is. All right, last man standing. Eight contestants still alive, vying for the money. That's pretty exciting. Were you expecting more? Were you, were you expecting more or less at this point in time? No, I, I you know, I, I guess with all the upsets and the fact that at the end of the the first Thursday, we cut it by 50%, and then another 50% after Friday. I wasn't sure what we'd get, but I kind of love the fact that it's the Elite Eight playing in the Final Four in the Station Casino's LMS College Basketball Contest. So um, we'll see how it unfolds this weekend with kind of these tight numbers and uh, you know how many are left going into the championship game on Monday night. All right, get the STN mobile app uh, as well, too. Easy to use. Bet from wherever you're watching the games. And if uh, you're going over to Red Rock or any of the fantastic uh, Station Casino properties, uh, great viewing options uh, there as well, too. So make sure you get out there and, and do that. Chuck, enjoy the weekend, my friend. I look forward to to talking with you uh, next week, preferably Monday, as we uh, talk a little championship game. Well, you enjoy the weekend. I know you're going to have fun. I'm a little jealous. You're going to be enjoying these games, but have a great time. Look forward to hearing all about it and uh, breaking down, you know, what happened over the weekend and heading into the championship game on Monday, T. You got that right, my friend. I appreciate you, Chuck. Uh, Say hello to the gang over there. Will do, buddy. Thanks. There he is, Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock. I want to thank him for joining us. Tim Brando from Fox Sports. Uh, All those years with CBS Sports uh, calling the NCAA tournament games. Uh, Great perspective with Timmy B. And Mike DeCourcy, longtime writer for the Sporting News. He will be in attendance as well as Tim Brando, Mike DeCourcy, uh, and myself uh, at the Final Four coming up on Saturday in the championship game on Monday. And also big thanks to Bob Nightingale talking a little opening day of Major League Baseball. He's down in Houston uh, getting ready for the Astros opener tomorrow against the uh, Chicago White Sox. And that'll be Framber Valdez and Dylan Cease. Astros getting the championship rings. Can hardly wait to see that ring up close and personal there. All right. Uh, if you miss any part of the show, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Uh, action-packed, jam-packed show again tomorrow, continuing with our Final Four coverage. Olden Polonese will be joining us, uh, the former Virginia star, also NBA star, and uh, also basketball coach himself. Uh, he joins us tomorrow. UNLV head coach Kevin Kruger will be with us as well. Scott Spritzer will be joining us. Who else? I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. We're going to be jam-packed uh, again tomorrow as well, too. So we got all that to coming for you so make sure that you tune in tomorrow from 2 to 4 p.m. and if you miss any part of the show go to the website at tcmartinshow.com check out the interviews the current the classic page all there and our interview yesterday is on the homepage with Tracy Murray talking UCLA Bruins talking March Madness talking Vegas talking family oh great stuff there so make sure you check out that interview as well tcmartinshow.com have yourself a good one we're back at it again Tomorrow at 2.